Wow. We had a Mishnah last night. We had, <laughs> we had a Mishnah last night. The Mishnah said two dinim. We'll get to the second one in a minute. The first din was the first din was that if you use Pasal Schach, you can outnumber it by Rav. As long as you out amount it, I don't know what the right word is, as long as you drown it out with more kosher schach, it's fine. The, uh, the uh, Mishnah happened to give two examples of pasal schach. One example of pasal schach was... What example? <laughs> Nothing scowl. You guys what invent things that I think about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old news word. I mean, you, you, make my, you make my night. By the way, it's all on camera. It's all on camera. One example of Pasla Schach was Shpuden, metal poles, spits. And the other example of Pasla Schach was. The other example of Fasal Ischach was bed, bed parts. And we dealt with last night why exactly bed parts are still Makabal Tumah. Ostensibly, Lechaira, they're not Kalim. So we came out with Maskana that they are, they're still usable beds. You just can't use them on their own. You have to push them up against the wall. But before we said that, we had a different shot, which the Gemara is going to discuss now. And that is that once a keli is a keli and it gets worn out, broken, not usable anymore, so it's takanamakabal tumah, but you're still not allowed to use them for schach. Says the Gemara, we're going to discuss that tonight, Gufa. I think it's five lines from the top of Tezayin Abadal. Omer, Bami Bartiv Yume. Sichicha, if you made schach, bibale kelim. With worn out kalim, it's psula. Says the Gemara, my bali kalim. Says the Gemara, Amar matloniyos blankets she'ain behen shalish al shalish that they are not three tefachim by three tefachim big, which means this blanket is like we say nasan nishtahin nishtaher, which means which means a person with money would have a blanket that is much bigger than three by three. A person that's poor has a blanket that's smaller than three by three. He can't afford such a luxurious blanket that's three by three. A blanket that's three by three is in no man's land. That's what nishtahe nishtahar means. The bl- a blanket that's in no man's land. So this blanket, it's neither. It's not a good blanket. It's not a poor person's blanket. It's not a rich person's blanket. It's nowhere. So says the Gemara, that is not a keli. It defies categorization. It's a category buster. In Yiddish, they say it's iconoclastic. A kids are, they don't fit anywhere. Says the Gemara, it's still possible for schach. Tanya kavasi durabami. Sorry, it's not right. Says We learned in a brace like Rabbi Bartivumi. Machatzeles a mat shall shifa, which is 
some kind of um, twigs or you know bark. Bishal gemi, it's another kind of soft bark like rubber. Shireha, afal pi, shenifchtu meshireha. Even though it's down from its shear, ein mach emesachemen. Even though it lost the minimum size to be considered a blanket as far as being makabal tumah, it's no longer usable, no longer meets the minimum size of what would have been considered a mat. I should really say a mat, not a blanket. A mat to sleep on. You cannot make for schach anymore. The Gemara then ends off, and we'll discuss this on Davchaf, Machatzelas Hakonim, a mat of reeds. Gedayla, a huge one, has no household use. It's not good for a bed. It's too big for a bed. So if a person made a mat out of reeds, the only use is schach, so mesachachim bahem. You could use it for schach. Kitana, a small one, which is a mat to sleep on, a mesachachim you cannot use it for schach. Even a big mat, you're not allowed to use for schach. So those last two things we'll discuss in the Mishnah on Davchav. But what we want from this b'risa is the first thing, that a mat that lost its minimum size and is no longer useful as a mat, it's not anything. It's not a keli. You can't sleep on it. It has no categorization. There's no classification as a keli. It still is possible for schach, which is what Rav Amram said, that even though the qualification, the technical qualification for schach is that it's not makabal tumah, but if something was once Mechabal Tumor of Ami Bar who we paskin like, says it never loses its Shem Schach. So, Lamashal, if a person would have clothing, without Rav Ami Bar you could cut your clothing and use it for Schach. Cut a shirt in half and use it for Schach. It grew from the ground, if it's cotton, and if it cut in half, it's not Mechabal Tumor. So you could use a cut pair of pants or a cut shirt for, uh, for schach, says the Rambam Ratavim, no. Even though it's not Makabal Tumah anymore, it's not a keli anymore. It has no use. Once it was a keli, you cannot use it for schach anymore. One last Gemara before the Mishnah. Um, and this also we discussed extensively in the past. If a person hollows out the inside of a pile of whatever material, but it's good for schach, it is not a sukkah. Why? Even though you have all your parts, now you have walls, you have schach of material that's kosher for schach, everything is in order, everything's in order, it's not good, because you didn't put the schach on the sukkah. You didn't put schach on a sukkah, it's tas of us. Says the Gemara, we did not learn in our Mishnah that this is possible. <coughs> that there isn't a hole one tefach deep, seven tefachim wide. So for instance, the classic case, which everyone agrees to, Rashi, the Ran, everyone agrees to this case, is let's say you have flat ground, and there's a little hole there. One tefach down, seven tefachim wide. Seven square tefachim. Then you put a pile of, let's say, twigs on top of it. 
and then you hollow out the inside, it's kosher. Why? Why? The answer is, is because it's not tasalim and It's not tasalim and You put the schach on walls and a sukkah. At the time, it wasn't a full wall and a sukkah, but you did a mice of putting schach on a sukkah. This is changing our understanding. It's not the pshat. You have to put schach on a kosher sukkah, our Gemara is saying. You have to put schach on a sukkah. You did a maisa asiyah at the time. You did a maisa asiyah. You're right. It's not a maisa asiyah on a kosher sukkah, but you did a maisa asiyah. You did a maisa asiyah. Now, th- what I'm about to say is not a, you know, universally agreed upon lahalacha, but, but, so I just want to say it al tlumdis. I don't want to say it al tlumdis. Let's say, let's say you have a deck in your backyard, which is not kosher for sukkah. You know, it, the walls aren't good, but the frame is there. You don't have any walls. You know, the walls are, are possible because, let's say, the, the things on the deck are more than three tfachim apart. And you, you messed up. You put your schach on top of the frame before you built your walls. Is that a kosher sukkah or a pasal sukkah? So again, l'halach, it's very complicated. We want to talk about a l'halach. The Rav Yah says it's pasal. The Magen Avram brings the Rav Yah. So people do say it's pasal. But what we just said makes that kosher. Because tasavle mena'asu doesn't mean you need to put schach on a kosher sukkah. What tasavle mena'asu means is you need to put schach on a building, on a sukkah. Then, whether or not the sukkah is kosher at the time or not, we'll deal with that later. But it takes care of the problem of tasle minasi. Tasle minasi is a problem if you put schach on nothing and you made the schach as you were making the building. But if you have a building, which is one tefach deep and seven tefach wide, and then you expand the building, then you put schach on a building. Whether or not it was kosher at the time, who cares? But you did a maisa asiya of putting schach on what was at least the beginnings of a sukkah. As opposed to? Well, you want to know what's puzzle? As opposed to when you put schach on nothing, mamish flat ground, and then you dug it in, then you never put schach. The schach became. Here, at least you put schach on what? On that one by seven hole. So at least you did a maistasiya schach. So until now we thought you have to pass them the apostles unless you put schach on a kosher sukkah. What the Gemara is saying now is no. Tassim Manasseh doesn't require putting schach on a kosher sukkah. Tassim Manasseh requires putting schach on a building. Whether that building is kosher for sukkah or not, we can deal with that later. And, was, and, and like people, you know, sometimes, for instance, <coughs> let's say you put schach on metal poles in your sukkah, and then you remove the metal poles and the schach is there, then it will be kosher. Yeah, when you put the schach, it was possible, but it's not a chesar netasavleim in asui. Tasim and is only when the schach became schach through the building of a building. But if you put schach on a pre-existing structure, those, it's kosher. You remove those metal poles, then the schach is on, and that makes the sukkah. Let's say it doesn't. Let's say it was supported by metal and wood. I was going to ask, but what's the lumps? in terms of making a sukkah? Schach is what makes the sukkah. Yeah, but you need a maisa asiyah of schach. You need a maisa pudding of schach. But you can't have that maisa to be first. Right. You, but you know this, you... you you could have that maisa first if it's on a building. You don't have to have it on a sukkah. You can't have it as not a maisa. That's all we're saying. 
if you dig the insides and then it becomes schach, then you have schach through not a maisa. You need what, a maisa what siyas schach. What does mean? Schach means that it's sitting on a kosher, no. kosher walls. No, 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 no. Like means, you said, otherwise no. it's not schach, because if you just put it down no. and then you make the walls, it's not schach. No, 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 one second. You said, you, you didn't say two opposites in your thing. The first thing he says, you have to put on kosher walls. And he said, if you didn't put on anything, it's not, it's not schach. The second statement you said is true. The first statement isn't the opposite of that. The first thing you said isn't the opposite of that. It, so, you're right, because it doesn't have a shame schach until it's on kasha walls. Drop the word kasha, and then the sentence is good. If you, you but there's no shame sukkah until, until Who needs a shame sukkah? You need a shame schach, schach is what makes a sukkah. Yes, you're right. In the end, it needs to be on kasha walls. But tasli minasi is not a psalm schach, it's a psalm asiyah. So as long as you put on the schach on what's an asiyah, then you're okay. Tasli minasi is a psalm asiyah. So as long as you put it on a structure, <coughs> that structure doesn't have to be kosher. Because that schach doesn't have a shame schach at that time. It only has yeah. a shame schach once it becomes kosher. Schach, it's then an oh, good, but again, if you put schach on, on something that's not kosher or sukkah, it's not schach. It's whatever you want to call it. Okay. It only becomes schach if you have kosher walls. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. So but then, it's not so a then, tassel so, then, so then, why can't you put your schach on the floor and dig out, and then you have because schach, then you and, didn't, and then it's kosher? Because then you didn't, never did a maizasiya. Putting schach on the floor isn't being mahil on anything. It's not being masachich on anything. It, when you make when you make a kosher, I'm that's, not a mais, that's not a maizasiya. Putting schach. So again, why is that any different than pulling out the poles? Well, pulling out the poles. Yeah, leave, leave what's the, the pulling out poles. What's the difference in making kosher walls afterwards? Leave the, what's the difference in making kosher walls afterwards? Because if you had walls, there was schach on walls. But it's not schach. The tassel is not a psalm schach. It's a psalm and a I was just going to say, in our regular service, we just put up the frame without the wall, and you have schach, and you have the walls. Right, so you know, according to our lumbus, that would be fine. Whether or not that works, Lamaisa the Rav Yoss says not... And, and the Rav Yoh is brought in the Paiskim. So I'm not saying to do it, but as far as our Lambus is concerned, it should be fine. What's the reason? Because it's flat as Manasa? Yeah, because yeah, if there's no wall, it's yeah, not. It's a different yeah. definition. Is there, yeah. is there a chilek between that case and this case? Because in this case, at the end of the day, the walls were there. I mean, the walls were there. You just, it's just starting in size. Yes, when we had that, we had something like that before. Yeah, yeah you'd have to say such a Lambus to defend the Rav Yoh. Yes, yes. So says the Gemara, and this didn't we learn earlier that if you dig it out, it was no good. If you dig it out, you put everything there, and then you dig it out. It's, I mean, there's something there, but it wasn't big enough. Right. So that's this case. It's fine. Yeah. Didn't we say there was no good? Not al tzasla minasa. It was. You're talking the case was more than three tefachim away from the wall. Right. So oh. Okay. Yes, that's yeah. the love it. Yeah. Says the Gemara. Oh, Marav, who no leishanol she'ein sham chalal tefach b'meshach shiva. That there's not a one tefach deep hole, seven tefachim wide. If there is a hole, a tefach, b'meshach shiva, that is seven wide. Harezu sukkah. It's a sukkah. Tanya namihachi. We learned like this in a brisa. If a person dug out, hollowed out a pile, lasis sukkah, harezu sukkah. It is a good sukkah. I vanan tanan. We learned in our mishnah in a sukkah. Oh, el alav. So the only way to be miyash of this theory is with the part we said, <coughs> that yes, it's not 
always possible if you dig out a pile. It depends what was there. If nothing was there, then digging out a pile is possible. If there was a start of a sukkah there, then it's kosher. Or, some people ask this as a stira and use what we said to answer. It's all three ways of saying the same thing. We learned in one Mishnah, if you dig in a pile to make a sukkah, we learned in a brace, it is a sukkah. There, it's when you have a start of a sukkah, which is one tefach deep, seven tefach wide, and kan kishain sham chalal tefach b'meshach shiva. There is when you do not have a chalal tefach b'meshach shiva, because the chalal tefach b'meshach shiva gives it a shem walls and a shem sukkah and a shem schach, and therefore it takes away the taslim and asim because taslim and asim is not putting it on kosher walls; it's putting it on a structure. Why can't it be just a tefach by a tefach? In other words, just like seven tefachim is the kosher size for sukkah, but we need ten tefachim high too. In other words, if we're not, we don't care about this. Why do we care about this? The width. The main thing it should be, uh, you know, uh, you know, te- I don't know whatever the minimum space is that's considered a space, which would probably be uh, tefach by a tefach based on. Yes, I mean. I mean, I'm not answering you. Rashi says what you're saying. Rashi says, Rashi says, "From Yeshem, Chal Tefach Eil and Shenim Sasham Tefach Aleis Say Gadish." We should chayt bilmal mata. That we have to do with why Rashi says "momata lamala." That's the different thing. Ad shemagbias achalal l'shir goiva einzu asiyosay. In other words, if all you needed to fix was the sheer goiva, that's not an asiya. You're fixing walls. The, the difference, Usher, is, is when you're talking about widening it, you're making a sukkah. When you're talking about high, making it higher, that's tikkun defanis. There's no taslim and asim tikkun defanis. Now, yeah, you're right. It's just as possible. But in, in the ticken of Defanis, there's no Tasleim and Asi. If it's not seven wide, you don't have the Shir Schach. Which means, when you don't have seven wide, you're not changing, your, your Schach isn't Schach on seven. When you're Schach on seven, but you're changing the height, you're not affecting the area that the Schach is Schaching on, you're just changing the Defanis. There's no Tasleim and Asi in Defanis. Now, again, I'm not answering your question, but the answer is yes. There's no tasamaras in tefanis, and there is tasamaras in the schach. That the answer to your question is yes. I don't. I don't know the lumbus, but the rule is there's no tasamaras. I guess because there's no lashon asiyah by by tefanis in the Torah, and there's only tasamaras where where there's tefanis. Says the Mishnah. Hamashal shul tefanis, melmala lamad. A person is lowering a wall from up to down, which means, his case is that he does not have enough wall for his sukkah. The first part of the mission discusses that the guy starts his wall at the top by the schach and works his way down. Mishal Shorashi says is a lotion of lowering. Hamishal Shol Somebody who lowers a wall. 
Melmala lamata from the top of the sukkah to the bottom of the sukkah. Im gavaya min haaretz shleishatvachim psula. If wherever the bottom of the you know wall that you're lowering down, building as you go down, ends up, if there is a space of more than three tvachim from, I'm sorry, we're on the Mishnah Tezayin. I'm sorry. Um, if where the wall ends up, there is a gap from the bottom of your wall to the ground of three tfachim or more, that passes your sukkah. And we defined this shear before, as this is called, it's enough for a, for a goat to poke his head in and we're going to explain that what's really wrong with this is that it's basically a hanging wall. A hanging wall is not a wall. If a wall is not fastened to the ground, now if it's within three tvachim, that's called that. But if a wall is not fastened to the ground, it's called a mechitza tuluya, which will be our sugya, and it's problematic. So if the wall starts on top and goes down and ends anywhere higher, then within three tfachim of the floor, that sukkah is possible. It's not a wall. None of the halakha knows. You may say nice Well, lava, yes. Which other one would you like? If it's the reverse, it's fine. Oh, we're going to discuss that right now. Right now. Says the Mishnah. Now, Avi, it, it could be. Just, I'll tell you what the Rishayim say, just like the push off your kasha. It's not, not a wall. It's a bad wall. Which means, fine, I'll give you the halakha mishra misina. You want good asik, you want good achis? You want that the wall, then as we've discussed, good asik, that the wall continues up. You want the reverse? You want good achis? You want the wall will continue down? Fine, here you have it. But, so you have a wall, but there's a problem with your wall. It's not fastened to the ground, so it still is a mechitza tluyu, which means... I'm giving you the mechitza. What do you want out of the halacha mishu now? You want a wall? You got it. It's a bad wall. Meaning, I'm not saying it's not a wall. The halacha mishu grants you a wall. But it's a wall with a problem. Either because the gidi could be it doesn't do the purpose of a wall, or it's a, or it's a mechitza tuluya, which passels the wall. So basically, the Rishayim say, you can have your halacha mishu but the problem with your wall ruins your wall. I'm not saying it's not a wall, it just ruins your wall. That is... No, but then why is three tfachim relevant? And even if it's less than... Ten, yeah, because three tfachim not in us love it. I'm saying even if, it's, even if it's a tefach there, but it's not fasting, you're still going to have a problem. No, because, because love it is, we see it as complete. Which means, good asik and good achis... Saying love it will make it like it's fasting. Right, it's a fake wall, good asik and good achis. Love it is solid. When we, we put our halachic so you can't glasses, even right. right. We put our halachic glasses, we see love it, we see solid. We do good asik, we say halachic wall, but I can see through that. So for instance, like on Shabbos, good asik doesn't necessarily work. And when you need a visible wall, love it does work, good asik and good achas don't work. Love it is visible, so to speak. You're saying it has, the wall has to be attached to the ground? Or within three tvachim of the ground, which is halachically attached. 
So what's the issue here with Gerachas? No, so Avi wanted to know why does a wall have to reach the ground? Don't just like we say good asik on a wall. Why don't you say good achas on a wall? So I'm telling Avi, yeah, we'll say good achas, but it's still mechitza It's a mechitza, but it's a mechitza tluya. You can't hang from the bottom going up. That's not called hanging. When you're going from the top down, that's called hanging. Why is that different than we were saying in the second paragraph? You have the tree with the branches branching out. It's considered a wall, right? Those are hanging. Those off. are all lowered. And it's within three twelve of the ground. That that case is when the overhang went within three twelve of the ground on the way down. So again, how is that attached? Uh, I'm missing. Because within three twelve, it's attached. So here in this case, it's within three twelve, it's fine. We're talking when it's not within three twelve. You say, oh, okay, same. That is going down. Going up. Lemilmata lamala. If your wall is solid on the floor, so right away we don't have that problem. It's not a hanging wall. It's not a hanging wall. It's for sure a wall. Once this wall is 10 tfachim high, 36 inches high, the schach could be 20 amas. And there's a gap between your, your end of your wall and your schach of 15 plus feet. It's fine. Because, we'll talk about because in a second. Because it's not a mechitza tuluya. Now, what makes it good? It's fascinating. I'm sure everyone here has a definite answer, and it's one of these two. But I bet you there's difference of opinion. The ritva says, because you say good asset. The ritva says, like we've had this concept before, that you have a great wall here. The wall's not hanging. It started on the ground on firm ground. That's a wall. Once it's ten tefachim, it's a wall. Once you have a wall, you allow the wall to continue. That is how the Ritva explains the Gemara. And really, the Pnei Yeshua says, any terror you say in a Rishon to argue on this is baloney, that's the only pshat. You, but what we're saying here is, your wall needs to hit your schach. If your wall doesn't hit your schach, it's a bad wall. But once it's ten tefachim high, we could use... Good asik to make your walls hit the schach. Your walls are touching the schach, which is a requirement in walls. That's how the Ritva learns the Gemar. Ritva learns once you have 10, you can apply good asik, and that will enable the wall to hit the schach. That's the Ritva. Rashi on Daf Dalad says, no. A wall is defined as ten tefachim. And there's no need for a wall to touch your schach. So the reason of the Mishnah here is no reason. It's good because it's good. Once it's ten tefachim, you know why it's good? Because that's what a wall is. There's no requirement of your wall to touch your schach. There's no such requirement. So I don't need Tyra on how to extend the wall and how does that work. I don't need a shot in that. The, the Rashi on Daftalat says that once a wall is, is, is ten tefachim high, that's a wall. And that's what you need for a sukkah. You need walls and a schach. Where do you ever see that the schach and the walls have to actually be touching in halacha? And it's a major machlekes. Pinishua says what we're saying in Rashi isn't true, and of course you need the walls to hit the schach, and of course it's working with good asik. But without the Pinishua, 
there's a machlekes here about what is good about a ten tefach wall. Is it good because it's good, period? Or is it good because once you have a ten tefach wall, it enables you, it allows you to use good asset to extend what you have up until the sach, but of course that's a requirement. That's Less than ten is not good. Less than ten is for sure not good. And either reason would say the reason. First reason would say, because it's not a wall. The other would say, because it's not a wall enough to apply good asset. But, you know, they could, you know, yeah, that's the opposite. Does that play into this at all? No, because the Shabbat is the opposite. Even if you would have good acid, which everyone agrees you could have, if the walls are physically touching the Shabbat, then your eye naturally goes there. Right, so, in this, so in this case, no, that was a physical thing. A wall, but if, but if, if your eyes are not gonna, yeah, it knows if it's above twenty, then that Mandler would say it's possible here because that's a physical thing. There, you need the wall to physically touch because it's physically drawing your eyes to the Shabbat. And what's the reason that you don't say it's good if it's seven? Oh yeah, then we would. Then that's fine. Oh, that but right. that's it. Yeah, no, you're very good. Good point. Good point. Which means if you if you would have a seven tap up wall, and the half will be ten, then it would be good because of love. Good point. Just like what I'm not, I'm I think I down. think you're right. But it sounds good. I'm saying the way down for sure you're good. The way down, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. We said that by pass by pass shiva. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Rabbi Yaisi says no. Rabbi Yaisi, Eimer, we just said a big difference between going down and going up. Going down the walls once they're 10, even if they're 10, I don't care, unless it touches the ground, it's bad. Going up, once it's 10, it's fine. Says Rabbi Yaisi, let's be consistent. Just like going up from the ground, once you have a 10 tefach wall, we'll fill in the rest for you. So too, if you start from the top, once you have a 10 tefach wall, we'll fill in the rest for you. Rabbi Yaisi Aymer, Kishen, just like Shemelmata, Lamala, Asar Tfachim, just like when you're going from the ground, once you have 10 tefachim, we'll fill in the rest for you, it works. If you start from the top and you're heading to the floor, asar once you have asar we will do the rest for you and it will work. So we see from here that the Tanakamba holds that even once you have a 10 tefach wall starting at the top, we won't fix it for you. Why? Like we said, because at the end of the day, it's hanging. That we said, Avi, we said that even though you have a wall, the fact that it's dangling, that it's hanging, it's not fastened to the ground, is a problem with a wall. Says the Gemara, and what do they argue? What's the machlekes between the Tanakhama that says that going from the top down, even if you have 10, it's still possible. Even if you have 10, it's still possible. And Reb Yossi, who says, even going down, once you have 10, it's fine. We'll finish it for you. We'll fill in the blank for you. What's the difference? Whether or not a hanging wall is inherently possible. Mar Savar Mechitza Tuluya Materas. Reb Yossi's opinion is that a hanging wall is mater. 
it, it helps you out. It does the trick. For sukkah, it does the trick. For Erevin, it does the trick. For Shabbos, it does the trick. Whatever you need a wall to do, even if it's hanging, as in not fastened to the ground, it's fine. Umar Savar, one holds, Mechitza Tuluya Enamateras. A hanging wall is possible, which explains, Avi, that even if you have everything else, the fact that it's hanging is a fatal flaw of a wall. A wall cannot be dangling. And we see this physically. If something's in the ground and doesn't reach all the way up, that's a wall. Because you've been in like, you know, like decks and porches with like, you know, a fence, you know, go like a rooftop garden. So they have like a fence like that. That's a wall. But a wall that, you know, is hanging from 10 fucking, but like there's a gap between there and the thing. No one would walk there. That's scary. You could fly off the bottom. A hanging wall does not count as a wall. And now we're going to just discuss hanging walls. Tanan We learned in Erevin as follows. Bar so, me and you share backyards. Me and you share backyards. Midairaisa, there's absolutely no problem of me carrying to your backyard and you carrying to my backyard because neither is a Rishos Harabim. As far as the Torah is concerned, it's only a problem when you go from Town Road into a house straight from Town Road into a house. Because Ricestown Road, let's call it, for argument's sake, a Rosh Hashanah and Deiraisa. said, FDR drives a Rosh Hashanah So it'd be a problem if you carry a package from FDR Drive into an apartment on FDR Drive. That would be... Parkway is a much better example. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> but the Kia Dua, it's Shari B'machlegas. Are you a caddy yet? But... Um, but, yeah, so, so, it's only a problem. We don't allow you to carry between two Rishos HaYachets. Even though they're next to each other and there's no Rishos HaRabim in the middle, it's a pretty Vaitik Zera, but we, we don't want anyone to carry. So, you're thinking, just make an Arab? You can't make an Arab. There's, there's no access by foot between the two places, so you can't make an Arab. Part of making an Arab is you have to have access. So you can't make an Arab. Okay, fine, no problem. Problem is like this. That our watering hole, our, you know, our well that we share, is on the border. Is on the border. The well is like half in my property, half in your property. So says the, says the Mishnah in Erevin, neither of us can draw from the well on Shabbos. Because since there's no fence going down the middle of the well to the bottom of the well, when I'm taking water, I could very well be taking water from your property. And when you're taking water, you could very well be taking water from my property. So a well that straddles the fence, that straddles the line between my backyard and your backyard is off limits to both of us because it may be carrying from one Rishus Hayachid to another Rishus Hayachid. Did Martin discuss over there that did they throw that out of the end because you can't split water? But it still might be from your Rishus. It still might be from your Rishus. So is that a suffix on the bottle? 
something drop on the I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to even think where I would look to answer you. Isn't it all or nothing? I mean, it's either from our side or on his side where the words come from. So it's not a suffix drive on it. It's, it's, it's a vada. It's, it's a suffix which vada, which right. is a suffix. Yeah. Was, it's not two vada. It's a suffix. Because I was trying to say that, that was, we only say it's something drive on the cool by something and it's it did not a something right, and see it's not right. true. I don't know. It's not a something really where the water is the water just can't be on the one side. Water is so that's what you're saying you're saying that's what you're saying. You're saying that's vada coming from both Rishuyas. Because water you can't Because uh, you can't divide. So it's it's always coming from two Rishuyas. All con- I mean, where does it end? It's all connected. All the waters. Well, I don't care about the water in the ocean. In water in this well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In this well. In this well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. So, so says the mission like this: Tanan Hassan, Bar Shabin Shtechatzeris, a pit between two backyards, between two chatzers, Ein Memalin Mimena B'Shabes. You cannot fill up water. On Shabbos from either side. Elaim came also la Except if you make a wall of ten tfachim for the well, that divides the well halachically all the way to the bottom. And therefore, that will ensure that the waters that I take from my side are from my side, and the waters that you take from your side are from your side. Well, if it's full and it spills over a little, just out of curiosity. What if the, I'm saying, Lamaisa, the well overflows. So you're not carrying it's in your shoes, that's fine. If it rains in your shoes, that's fine. You don't know. Yeah, from each side is going to fall over to the next. <coughs> well, you know, that should be fine. You're not carrying it out. So, where's the Machitza that they built? Oh, so now let's discuss this. So, now you see how this is going to maybe relate to us. So. Except if you make a wall, and that will divide the well, guaranteeing that the waters you take are yours. Now, where do you place this wall? Says the Mishnah, whether it is inside the well, above the water, line, Bain Milmata, whether this wall is inside the well beneath the water line, whether it's inside the well far from the water at the lip, at the rim of the well. Now, in neither of, in, and I don't say, you know, none of these three cases, like neither for three, in neither of these cases is the wall, is the requirement that the wall go all the way down. So in some way, shape, or form, we are permitting a mechitza tuluya. Because this opinion gives all three options are, ava- are available to you. None of them really meet the bar. The last opinion is like the furthest from a real division. You put a ten tefach-like fence inside the lip of the bar. For all you know, the water line is ten feet down. And that still helps. The other case was you put it in the water, 
The other case was you put it deeper into the bar, closer to the water. But again, none of these three suggestions are the wall actually mamish dividing the well in half and like physically making sure that I'm getting water from one side of the well and you're getting water from the other side of the wall. The point is, it's a mechitza toluya. It's hanging and we do picture the wall going down to the bottom and it has the advantage that even though it's not physically touching the bottom, it has the advantage that it is as if it's touching the bottom. If it's a Hitzah issue, then I don't understand how any of these cases, any of these Halloween cases solve anything. Well, I'll see more of the answer soon. It's not a water it's issue, a it's just a Rishus issue. Yeah, but it's coming in. It's a Hitzah issue. That's Zingmar's answer, but I'm not sure if you're saying the same. So Zingmar says that. I'm saying, like, how does any of these walls help? And even in theory, what, the, what, the, what these Mandarim are helping in. If it's, a, if it's hanging in the lip of the well and going 10 to 12. Let me ask you a question. And, and the air that you carried in yesterday, which I don't know if you should have read behind him and say you shouldn't have. They said, um, they said, 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 they they the air of you carried in yesterday. Yeah. Well, how is that a wall? Unless you're a shark. I don't know. It's not. It's an imaginary wall. Yeah, but here's... Because the whole point of Erevin is imaginary. The point is to remind you that you're not carrying from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. You're carrying one big Rosh Hashanah, and that's why we make an Erev. The point of an Erev is a, like, a pretend reminder. So says the Mishnah, all you need is a pretend reminder. Says the, says, that's the first opinion. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel you don't have all three choices. It's actually a machlekes. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel Aymer, says, the wall has to be above the water in order to count. The wall the wall um, has to be in the water. But the bottom line is, all of these sheetas, all of these sheetas hold that you have a wall that is not reaching the bottom of the well, but it is acting like the well is divided. In other words, we're saying a mechitza taluya is matir. Omar Rev Yehuda, what are you talking about? This whole thing's a joke. There's a fence between the two backyards. It just doesn't go into the well. Did that fence help this situation? Says Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Rabbi Yehuda, mechitza. All of these mechitzas that you describe, this tent fachim at the lip of the bar, this tent fachim in the bar, this tent fachim into the water, do any of them actually go down to the bottom of the well and actually divide the water? No, it's all a joke. So says Ryuta, why are these jokes any better than the fence that's on top of the bar that divides the two backyards? And no one thought that that would work. Says the Gemara, Amr Yehuda, loy tehei mechitza, you, sh- you can't say that these fake fences are any more meaningful than the fence that ran on ground above the well and didn't act as a divider between these two halves of the well. So says the Gemara, aha, we found another example 
of a machloikas about a machitza taluya. Says the Gemara, Omer, Rabba, Barbachana, Omer, Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yehuda, Beshitas, Rabbi Yaisi, Omer. Rabbi Yehuda is going in Rabbi Yaisi, Shita, Domer, Machitza, Tuluya, Materas, that says, this wall on top is going to work even though it's not really going down anywhere into the bar. It's all fake because who cares? A Machitza, Tuluya works. And Rabbi Yaisi, and Rabbi Yaisi said in our Mishnah, a mechitza tuluya works. So we'll stop here. But the Gemara says that the two shittas in this Mishnah are arguing in the same two shittas of our Mishnah whether or not a mechitza tuluya is matir. So... Last night, I didn't, I wasn't Masbert 100%, but I don't think I said the two sheetas as well as I should have. Our Mishnah in the. <laughs> no, not true. What? Not true. You can't always say that. <laughs> I didn't say you could always say that. Oh. I said you can always say better. Sometimes. Most times. <laughs> sometimes you not nail you, it. Everyone. Sometimes you nail it as a good. <laughs> not last night. Um, like this. Very good. The, the Mishnah said that the first opinion of the Mishnah was that if you lower the fanas and the fanas do not reach the ground, if there's a three tevach space, it's bad. Rabbi Yaisi says, just like a wall on the ground going up, once it has ten tefachim, we will follow it to the top and it will work. So to a wall going down, once it has ten tefachim, we could follow it down to the ground and it will work. We explained last night, the Gemara said last night, that, that this machlekes, meaning Lamashal, like you pointed out, why don't you say good aches? So we answered, you have good aches, but you have a problem. In the end of the day, it's what's called a machitza tuluya. It's a machitza that's hanging down. And the machlekes here is whether or not a machitza tuluya is a good wall or not. The Tanakhama says Mechitza Tuluya is a bad wall, and Rabbi Yaisi says Mechitza Tuluya is a good wall. That was the Mishnah, that's clear. Nothing to re say about that. We tried making that Machlegis Tanaim telling another Machlegis Tanaim. Here's where I didn't say it clearly. You have two Chatseris next to each other, two backyards next to each other. Smack in the middle of the backyard is a well. That, you know, the technical border goes through the well. Like, you know, like in the Holland Tunnel, it says like New Jersey, New York. Like the border between New Jersey and New York goes through the water. So the border between the two, between the two backyards goes through the water. So the Mishnah says that you cannot draw water from that well, neither neighbor can draw water from that well. Because when you take water, you're taking water from your neighbor, and that is a problem. Now, there's a fence between your two yards. Don't worry about that. But the fence is above ground, and the well is below ground. So we have two and a half opinions in this Mishnah. There's two and a half opinions in this Mishnah. The first one and a half opinions is that everyone agrees in some way, shape, or form you need 
a ten tefach wall within the well. First opinion said it can be either in the water, above the water, or way above the water. The second opinion says where in the well it has to be is a machlekes between Beis and Beis But this is why I called it one and a half opinions. They all agree that the wall, the fence, in order to enable you to draw water from this well, has to be within the, the walls of the well. That was that opinion. Rabbi Yehuda said, I understand. In any case, the wall that you build within the well is not going to go down all the way. Who cares? You have a fence on top of the well anyway. So the Gemara said, aha, here we go. Rabbi Yehuda says the wall above the well, the wall above ground, the wall on the ground level that doesn't go in the well at all counts, is fine. The first one and a half opinions in some way, shape, or form require a fence in the well. That's the same machlekes. Rabbi Yehuda says a machitza tuluya counts because even though the wall doesn't go into the well, it's fine. The first opinions held, no, you need the wall to go in the well. And that's what the Gemara wanted to do last night. What I want to say last night, just like our Mishnah has a machlegis, if a mechitza tluya is matir, that is the machlegis in the Mishnah, whether or not a mechitza tluya is matir. The Gemara... There's no sheet that on top of the well, the fence on top of the well is anything. That, that, that's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. It's fine. That's Rabbi Yehuda says. The wall you're building in the well is no better, is no more effective than the wall above the well. So we say that Rabbi Yehuda holds Mechitza Tuluya's mafia. That, that was last night. Now we start tonight. The Gemara is going to disagree with the comparison. But not because we disagree with anything you said. Which means you're 100% right that our Mishnah is a machlekes about machitza taluya. And you're 100% correct that that Mishnah is also a machlekes about machitza taluya. The Tanakhama of that Mishnah held machitza taluya doesn't... Doesn't work, and Rabbi Yehuda holds Mechitza Tulia does work. Our Mishnah and Tanakam holds Mechitza Tulia doesn't work, and Rabbi Yaisi holds Mechitza Tulia does work. I agree with that. So, really? So, if so, if our Mishnah is a Machlik is about Mechitza Tulia, and the Mishnah by the well is a Machlik is about Mechitza Tulia, why are they not carbon copies of each other? Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara, Vulaihi, not true. It is, we are five, six lines down from the top of the page on Tezayan Amid Beis. Vulaihi, not true, which means even though you are correct that the Machlekes in our Mishnah is a Machlekes about Mechitza Tuluya, <coughs> and the Machlekes in the case of the Bar is a Machlekes about Mechitza Tuluya, we're not arguing on that. The first opinion said Mechitza Tuluya doesn't work, that's why you need a wall within the well. Rabbi Yehuda said Mechitza Tuluya does work, that's why the wall on top of the well works. Okay, so if I have two Machlekes in, 
if a machitza tuli is a good machitza or not, why aren't they the same thing? Says the Gemara Valahi, it's not true. Loi Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, that Mishnah, the well Mishnah, does not hold of Rabbi Yaisi, our Mishnah, that just because he allowed a machitza tuluya by the well doesn't mean he'll allow a machitza tuluya by sukkah. And the Rabbi of our Mishnah, who allowed a Mechitza Tluya, will not agree with the Rabbi Yehuda by the well to allow a Mechitza Tluya. Which means, says the Gemara, you're right, they're both arguing about Mechitza Tluyas. Rabbi Yehuda permits it over here, and Rabbi Yaisi permits it by Sukkah, but they're not the same fight. Why? Says the Mishnah. Says the Gemara. Ad can I come, Rabbi Yehuda Hasam? The reason why Rabbi Yehuda does allow a mechitza tluya by the well is because elabe ruve chatzerais drabanan. You're right. You're right. Rabbi Yehuda is allowing a mechitza tluya over there. Rabbi Yehuda is allowing a mechitza tluya. You know why? Because what's the big deal? The whole thing we're dealing with over there is two chatseris, which are Rishasayachids, next to each other. Is there any real problem in carrying from one Rishasayachid to another Rishasayachid? No. Durabanan answered it, because you're going to get used to the idea of carrying from one Rishas to another Rishas. So Durabanan made you have an Erev. So for such a small need, for a drabanan only, the worst case scenario you'd violate a drabanan, yeah, Rabbi Yehuda over there permits a mechitza tuluya. But by sukkah, sukkah's deraisa. You need a wall deraisa. Rabbi Yehuda would not allow a mechitza tuluya by sukkah. Abul hacha, sukkah deraisa. Here, sukkah's deraisa, and therefore he would say, light. He would not allow a mechitza tuluya. So like we said, you're right, you're right. Rabbi Huda does allow a mechitza tuluya over there, but that's not our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is deraisa. Rabbi Huda wouldn't allow a mechitza tuluya deraisa. And v'loy Rabbi Yaisi sarvalek Rabbi Huda. And Rabbi Yaisi of our Mishnah that allows a mechitza tuluya by sukkah would not allow the mechitza tuluya just the wall above the well by Shabbos. Why? Because Yes, you're right. Rabbi Yaisi permitted a mechitza tuluya by sukkah and said the wall going down from the roof, even though it doesn't reach the floor, is not a problem. Mechitza tuluya is fine. That's by sukkah. Sukkah, even at the most chamerdika levels, Worst case scenario is a mitzvah sese deraisa. Abel Shabbos, over there you're dealing with Shabbos. Now, granted, that particular situation was only Erev, which is Durabonon, but the category of Shabbos is really a much more Hamadiki category. The category of Shabbos falls under the Skila category, the Skila heading. And therefore, granted, the particular case we're dealing with over there happens to be, the particular case we're dealing with over there happens to be 
a Durabonadik, a case of Shabbos, because it's only Arabin, but it's still under the general category of Skila. And when it comes to the general category of Skila, Rabbi Yaisi of our Mishnah, who says a Mechitza Tuluya is fine by Sukkah, would not allow a Mechitza Tuluya by Shabbos. What do they do with each other? They disagree with each other, which means they each look at each other and say, yes, I'm Matur Mechitza Tuluya in certain circumstances, but not yours. Rabbi Yaisi says, I'm Matur Mechitza Tuluya by Sukkah. I would never do it by Shabbos. Rabbi Yehuda looks at Rabbi Yaisi and says, I'm not the Mechitza Tuluya by Erev, which is Drabbanan. I would never do it by Sukkah, which is Daraisa. So they both look at each other and they say, yes, I may be Matur Mechitza Tuluya in certain circumstances, but not yours. Abel Shabbos, this is Skilo Loi. So bottom line, Rabbi Yaisi in our Mishnah permits a Mechitza Tuluya by Sukkah. Would he allow a Mechitza Tuluya by Shabbos? No way. Says the Gemara, really? There was a famous story in Sipiri, and everyone knows the Rav in Sipiri was Rabbi Yaisi, and they allowed a Mechitza Tluya to be used on Shabbos. Interesting that Rabbi Yaisi wouldn't be worried about the Adaraisa. Yeah, no, so Adaraisa it's fine, not Skila. It's fine, it's Adaraisa. It's it, 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 no, because he holds it's a mechitza to his mechitza, meaning like he said, it's a mechitza. It is a mechitza alt goraches. You're worried gzera that maybe it's yizdaker gidiv vasroishai and it's not and it doesn't look like a wall. So I, it is a wall. He I'm not geyser. worried because for Shabbos for skila he's worried. Right, because by skila will be geyser because that could lead to a worse problem. What's the? What does it say? I forgot my orders of operation when it comes to this. Mrs. Say, is what's the punishment versus Esra Skila? Skila, Skila. An essay is no punishment. If there would be a base amygdala, you would bring a carbon oil for not doing a mitzvah's essay. But there's no punishment for an essay. The, the Mishnah says in Dalach al that if you forget to do an essay, let's say you didn't put on tefillin one day, you just do tshuva and it's fine, right on the spot. You don't need to do anything more than that. So says the Mishnah, says the Gemara, Vim Taimar, lest you ask, oh, you just said Rabbi Yaisi would never allow a Mechitza Tuluya on Shabbos? Then how in Sipiri, in the famous story in Sipiri, did they allow a Mechitza Tuluya on Shabbos? Isn't that Rabbi Yaisi's shtat? The story that happened in Sipiri. With whose psak did they allow Mechitza Tuluya? You're telling me Rabbi Yaisi would only allow Mechitza Tuluya by Sukkah. He would never allow it by Shabbos. Really? In Rabbi Yaisi city, Sipiri, they allowed a Mechitza Tuluya on Shabbos. Whose psak was it? He's the Rav over there. Says the Gemara... It was later. It was after he died. It was his son's psak. Sumar says, It was his son, Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Yaisi would never allow a mechitza tuluya on Shabbos, like I said. What's the Gemara's kasha if, if... What's the Havamina if he wasn't alive? Like, the Havamina was, everyone knows, and we'll see the story in a second, that there was a story in Tzipari that they used, they used a mechitza tuluya. The Gemara said, Hedrin... 
when it lists which Rabbanim or which cities it says, Achor Yaisi So if I would tell you, if I would tell you that in Tzipari they did this, the average guy would think it's because Rabbi Yaisi mastered it. No one attributes it to his kid who was rabbi later. Because in the heyday of Tzipari, they were mater, they were mater, machitza tuluya. Rabbi Yaisi Shtaf. You're thinking that everyone knew the history of what was going on. Yeah. No, Adrava, he's thinking everyone knew the history. That's what he's thinking. Yeah. He's no, it was just a. a, a right, no, so if you ask your average person, like the Gemara says, the Gemara says, that knows a standard psak, the rub in Sipari for all the years was Rabbi Yaisi. Yeah, his son took over. You know, if I tell you Kovnerov, who's Kovnerov? Ritzrochanan. Right. I, the Dvar of Rumble was also Rav and Kovna. So if I tell you, well, I'm, I'm serious, like, if I would tell a person, like, you know, like a, a yeshiva shit guy, in Kovna, Fleckman, Tenazi, right? So they would say, oh, Rabbi Yitzchakana was Maturin. No, 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 no. This is, this is way after, this is in 1938. It was way after Rabbi was Nifter. So the Dvar of Rumble was Maturin. But everyone thinks in Kovna, in Kovna was Rabbi Yitzchakana. You know, but like, you can't blame a person for saying in Kovna they used to do this. So, so the next guy says, Rabbi Yitzchakhan and Paskinet. Listen, there were other Abanim and Kovna. There's, you know, also Dvar Avram was later. But like, if you say Kovna Rav, you assume it's Rabbi Yitzchakhan. I mean, I like probably give a different geographical Yisrael. example. Right, I know. <laughs> like the poor soul who once said, the Rashiva, I don't know which one, to my father, and my father said, in this house, there is only one Rosh Hashiva. Right? And <laughs> Like, and I was like, yeah, there were other rishivas, but there's one rishiva, you know, like, you hear what I'm saying? Okay. Inspiring, Rabbi Yisrael was wrong. And we know there are matter machitza teluya. Says the Gemara, no, that was Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yisrael. Bottom line is, we, what we said is good. We're going to have to wrap this up. But what we said is good, which means, our Mishnah Rabbi Yisrael's matter machitza teluya, only by sukkah. The Mishnah in Shabbos, the Mishnah in Erevin, that was Matar Mechitza Tuluya by a bar, only by Erevin, not by Sukkah. What's this mice in Sipari? Umay mice, what's this famous story that happened in Sipari? The Chaosur Dimi Amr, the Dimi once came and said, Pamachas, Shechechu Vleheviu Sefer Taira Me'erev Shabbos. Rashi explains that in those days it was very unsafe to leave the Sefer Torah in Shul because the Goyim used to come and um, they outlawed Sefer Torah reading and they would come and vandalize the Shul and take the Sefer Torah. And they knew that, that you know, Shabbos was laning, so Friday night the Goyim would all take the Sefer Torah always in the Shul. So what they did was, or I guess not Friday night, I guess during the week, what they did was they kept the Sefer Torah in another house and right before Shabbos, they'll bring the Sefer Torah to the shul. It's not Friday night, like I said. One week, they forgot to bring the Sefer Torah to shul. So they were all in shul Shabbos morning. The guy gets psicha, they open the Arankadish, and there's nothing in there. We got a lane. How are we going to bring the Sefer Torah? There was no Erev in the Chatzar. There was no Erev in the Chatzar. I guess I'm going to go to the house. Good idea, but I don't, get the, they didn't want, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't do that. I know that's a good point. I don't know why they didn't do that. So, Shechichu Belei, if you say, Vatar Mibarev, Mibarev Shabbos, Lamachar on Shabbos day, Pirsu Sadinin, 
they spread curtains, sheets, on the pillars that were anyway in the Chatzar, and they brought the Sefer Torah in the Chatzar because now the Chatzar was all enclosed Sadin, with... The Sadin, Sadin and the pillars were in the Chatzar? No, the, oh, one second. Says the Gemara, Pirsu, Salkadaitach, do you think they spread sheets? Where did they bring the sheets from? I mean, you just said there's no Arab in the Chatzar, so instead of being Mechal Shabbos bringing the sheets, it just should have been Mechal Shabbos bringing the Sefer Where did they get these sheets from? Mehechan Hivim B'Shabbos. So Gemara says, no, what happened was, is there were curtains rolled up on top of the, on top of the posts anyway. They unfurled them. Says the Gemara, no, no, Elamatsu Sadinin Prusin, they found Sadinin anyway on the sheets, on the, on the uh, pillars, and they unfurled them, al Hamudim, and they view Sefer Torah and they brought the Sefer Torah and they read it. Now, no one actually thinks that the curtains reached all the way to the floor. Curtains never reach all the way to the floor. And you see that, but it went down most of the way. It's good enough. So you see just like, you know, obviously in Sipairi, they allowed Mechitza Tuluya. The Mechitza did not reach all the way to the floor, but in Sipairi, they allowed Mechitza Tuluya on Shabbos in order to bring the Sefer Torah. So you see in Shabbos, in Sipairi, which should have been Rabbi Yaisi's city, they allowed Mechitza Tuluya. And you see, not only by Sukkah does Rabbi Yaisi allow Mechitza Tuluya. You might have to answer, no, 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 no. It wasn't Rabbi Yaisi's Psak, it was his son Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yaisi's Psak. Okay. Now, Ben, this is your case. Omar Rebchizde, Omar Avimi. Zog Rebchizde in the name of Avimi. Machatzelas Arba Umashu. If a person has a mat that is 4.1 tfachim, and we know you need a 10 tfach wall, Says the Gemara, no problem. Mataris besukkah mishum daifen. It can allow a sukkah with this wall. Hegiyavid. How would you construct your sukkah using a 4.1 tefach board? Talile be'emtza. You hang it smack in middle of the ten. Remember, it's a little bigger than four. So... From the schach down, you have less than three tvachim. Then you have this four plus wall board. Then from the end of the board to the floor, you have, again, less than three tvachim. So there you have a wall. It says, You hang it smack in the middle. There's less than three tvachim from it to the schach. Love it fixes that. And there's less than three tfachim from the bottom to the floor. Lovud fixes that. And whenever it's less than three, Lovud fixes it. Says Gmar, I mean, you tell me Lovud. And like we said before, under three, there's no problem there's no problem of Gidi Yizdakar Babas Reish. Under three is like solid. Sumar so says, we know Lovud. We've known Lovud for 15 blot already. Why are you telling me this now? Pshita, it's Pashit. 
says the Gemara, Mao de Tema. I might think, Chad Lavan Amrinan, you get one free pass per wall. You could apply one halachal Sinai per wall, which is the truth. We only say one halachal Sinai. But I would think that doesn't just mean you say one halachal Sinai. You're allowed to only use a halachal Sinai once. Says the Gemara, Shrey Lavad Amrinan. But to use Lavad twice in one wall, we don't say. Now, this is not as funny as it sounds. Because you won't say two Allah Hamishvisinas. You're not allowed to combine Allah Hamishvisinas. But you're allowed to use the same one twice. That's fine. So says Mar, Trey Lavad Leimrinan. And I would think it's the same violation of two Allah Hamishvisinas. Kamash Mullah. Nope, that's fine. It's one Allah Hamishvisinas. So the same thing. I'm saying we kind of inferred from good Asik where we said it was all four all around. No, so good Asik. Good Asik makes it a wall, but doesn't save it from Mechitza Tluya. Lovud... No, I'm saying the, the case we had, the case we had with the platform. Yeah. The, you, well, that was the same... Right, 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 right. Right, right. So, right. so yes, yeah, so says we say... We say so we could have learned from there to here. Yeah, okay, but that's... A, so, two Bryces to repeat uh-huh. Allah, that's not such a problem. So, Azay Zak Okay, fine. Says the Gemara, may say, what are you talking about? You just told me a brilliant way that a four tefach board or mat can be a wall. The Brysa says you need seven tefach, which means you have to start at the top and have real wall all the way till seven plus and then use love it on the floor. Sumer says, you're telling me a four, wall, four tefach wall is workable you see you need a seven tefach wall to be workable. And you see you're wrong. You don't say tre lovud. Tre lovud le amrina. Sigmar says, no. Kitanyahi besukka That is talking in a sukkah more than ten tefachim. There, there you need, you need to have Ten tfachim as a wall, which means if you have only ten tfachim from floor to ceiling, then the lover will make it solid on the bottom and solid on top. If let's say your sukkah is twenty tfachim high, a four and a half tefach thing ain't gonna do you anything anywhere. Because where are you gonna put it? You put it on the ground, you don't have a ten tefach wall. You put it by the schach, you don't have a ten tefach wall. A big sukkah needs a seven tefach board to work. So Keep, why would you have 10.2? 10.2. 10. 10. 2. 10. 2. One second, one second, one second. 10.2 for sure works. We're talking 7. That's a bigger finish. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You would need a 7. You're still saying that you would use love on either on both sides. No, no. I would use love on the bottom. No, I wouldn't even need love on the bottom. I, have, I would put it less than 3 from the top, then I'd have 10 going down, and it's Rabbi Yaisi Shita. That once you have 10 going down, it works. That's what the Gemara says. Says the Gemara, because otherwise, you won't, otherwise, there won't work. Says the Gemara, so my Kamash one, well, if you're using 7 plus Lavud, that's not a Chiddush. So when it says, no, that's telling me, the Mishal Shalom, the Famas, Milmala, Lamata, Kirib Yaisi. That, says the Gemara, is, is Rabbi Yaisi Shita. Hanging in midair. It's three from the top, 
or you know, 2.9 from the top, you say love it, you add that seven, then you have 10 tfachim, then you have like 25 tfachim from there to the floor. But it doesn't matter, it's Rabbi Yaisi's shita that once you have 10 solid going down, we'll allow it to continue. And let's just read the last four lines. This is a case we had earlier. Nothing to do with what we're talking now. Meaning, for last night and tonight, we've been talking going up and down. These last couple lines, it's just here. It's talking about going across. It, it, it's an application of a lot of Meaning, it itself is nothing. Mission never said it, but in order for Mishal to work, you're going to have to come on to Lachim Because if you have solid wall, you're in, you don't have to come on to it. So what's the problem with Mishal It's not reaching somewhere. If it's Mishal Mumala Lamata, it's A, you're going to need good office, and B, you may still have a problem with Mechitza Tuluya. If it's from the bottom to the top, you're going to need good Asik. So it's going to use the halacha which we see in it, or it's going to use love, which is halacha which we see It's going to use the halacha which we see it. It's already it's, using love on top. It's using love on top, and but once you have ten, I don't need anything more. Once you have ten, ah, that's a good ride. Ooh, that's a really good ride. You're timing. You're timing. If we don't say two halacha which we see which maybe we're going to have to say Rabbi Yossi said, that's the only way out of your ride. You're timing. If we don't say you use two halacha which we see so you used up your one halacha Sinai exemption to get lovid from, from less than three till there till you get a tenth half thing, and that's your wall because you can't use another halacha Sinai. So either you're right or you say every you know, you've used uh, halacha Sinai. I hear it. Wow, very good. Good chedron. Good chedron. So I know this is biting off more than we can chew, but we can't stop four lines from our Mishnah. Omar, Reb Ami, Pas Arba, Mashahu, Matir besukkah mishum daifin. A four plus tefach wall could be used as a wall. Umukim la, and we're talking from east to west, not up and down. Umukim la, pachas mishlesha tefachim samach daifin. You put it within three tefachim of the wall. V'chal pachas mishlesha tefachim samach daifin kalavadami. And once it's less than three tefachim from the wall, we apply lavad. My Kamash Malom, what are you teaching me? How Kamash Malom, the Shir Meshach Sukkah Ketana Shiva, that the smallest amount for a Sukkah is seven Tfachim, and since you have three plus four, you have a seven Tefach wall, which again has nothing to do with what we've been talking about. The last two nights we've been talking about Mishal Shalom going up, Mishal Shalom going down, Daif and Tuluya, whether or not we say Daif and Tuluya or not, all the things we're talking about is up and down. Four plus Lovud plus Lovud, seven plus Lovud. 10, all was up and down. This, just mamish not to be confused, is talking about width to make the fatness of a wall, the right width of a wall, which is nothing we've been talking about. Stop here. I'm sorry I have to run to the uh, mosque with Goldberg.